What's happening, my fellow 120ers? So another Sunday sit down. I hope everybody's doing well um, and just uh, getting a good start to their new year. Um, you know, if you haven't found a specific book to be reading in scripture, I would highly urge you to read the book of Acts, which is what uh, I wanted to share with you guys from tonight. Um, again, I, I say this many times, but I want to be very clear with everybody. I am not a preacher. I am not here trying to preach to anyone. I am here doing the things that I'm doing because I want to have a walk with other people. I don't want to talk to other people and, and point the way and how to do things. I want to make a walk uh, together. And, and to me, that's the real essence of, of the church experience is being able to, to shoulder up with other people who are on a real walk in life. You know, I feel for most pastors and other people because I'm sure there's a great amount of pressure on them to be righteous and look righteous and all these other things. But thankfully, in my position from where I sit, I don't need to, to try to, um, you know, uh, kind of excrete righteousness to other people or anything like that. This is just simply coming together and sharing a real life's walk together. So I, I thank you for all those who are taking time to stop in on, on Instagram, on uh, Facebook. Um, YouTube and Periscope. Thank God for modern technology and we can come together and do these things. And in over five years of doing this, our little group or congregation or community, whatever it may be, has not suffered one bit because of coronavirus or anything else. So um, I want to say thank you to each of you in the community here as 120 Army and those of you who take time to watch these videos and share them because it really does, uh, it, it is encouraging to us to be able to have a walk with other people um, and, and rather than just talk at other people. So uh, Bianca, hey, thank you very much for that uh, encouragement. I appreciate it. So I wanted to share something with you guys tonight that has really just been pounding my heart and mind. Um, and for those of you who've been keeping in step with us, you know that uh, as a family, we've, we've come into uh, some stormy times and, and our son has been suffering um, with just some some basic kind of mental health issues, nothing bad, no shame on him. I'm starting to learn that, you know, there's probably a whole lot of us out here in the general public that are actually mentally unstable. And you could probably point at me as one of those people in many ways. But, you know, all joking aside, you know, when you if you're someone who struggles with mental health or you're someone who has someone in your family who struggles with mental health, you know, there's no shame in struggling, whether it's mental health, it's addictions, um, physiological problems, emotional problems, whatever it may be, it is okay to suffer. It's just not okay to stay in that place of suffering. And one of the things that I wanted to uh, really point out tonight was, you know, a lot of people like the idea of, of like going to healing uh, revivals or tent healings or whatever. They call them healing sessions and stuff nowadays. And they, they, look a lot of times for like some grandioso thing, or I'm going to go get my shoulder healed, or we're going to grow a leg and some guy's pulling on somebody else's leg. But how does real healing occur? And it's not so much of showing up in a building, showing up in a tent, you know, having some revivalist, you know, specific healer guy out there. And I don't like naming names on anything or anybody, but you can go out in the world and look up healers on YouTube and you're going to find a just 
a crap load of them. It's, it's almost ridiculous. And some of them uh, really uh, shame the name of the Lord, I would say, in what they're doing. But I want to talk about real healing because the situation with us as a family and even in my own life, um, in our son's life, and maybe in your life, you can relate to what I'm about to read and the points that I'm going to uh, you know, focus on. So Acts chapter 3, verse 1 through 10 is I'm just going to read straight through it. And then just like I always say, you know, just kind of like Lego, pull out the Legos and look at the pieces and uh, break them down. So I'm reading out of a new King James version right now. Um, that's the Bible that I'm studying out of this year. Every year I like to kind of get a different Bible and really study out of that one because of the wording or other things. And plus I get a really cool collection of Bibles. So uh, here we go. Acts chapter three, verse one. Now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. And a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called beautiful, to ask alms for those who enter the temple. Who seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple asked for alms and fixing his eyes on him, which John Peter said, look at us. He gave them attention, expecting to receive something from them. Then Peter said, silver and gold have, but what I do have, I give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up. And immediately his feet ankle bone, and ankle bones received strength. So he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered the temple with them, walking, leaping, and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. And then they knew that it was he who sat begging alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. I really like this story because... I, I have a real uh, connection to the story right now and, and have learned more about prayer and healing and things of the like um, that I would like to share with you guys. So um, <clears throat> starting off in, in verse one, I'm just going to point out a few things here. I'm not going to break down the whole thing and stuff like that. But in verse one, it says, now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. Out of that verse right there, what really stood out to me, and, and when I read my scriptures, what I like to do is read it, and then I go back and I read a section, and I underline certain passages or sentences or phrases that seem to somehow or another just weave together or like Lego blocks. They fit together in my mind. So Peter and John went up together at the hour of prayer. You guys, that is 120. It is the hour of prayer. There is no temple in Jerusalem right now, so to speak, or that we could go to and, and practice religion the way they did back then. However, Peter and John went up together at the hour of prayer, together at the hour of prayer. 120 army as an army together. This is one of the main focuses of 120 army and why we do what we do. We are not a new ministry. We are not a poaching ministry who's seeking to pull people away from other ministries and churches. We simply are... I guess you might say instigating what it is that was the behavior, the habits and the things that God really, really asked us to, to practice and do. And that Jesus exemplified. Right. In scripture, it says that Jesus did one thing consistently, not heal, not walk on lakes and waters and pond every place he went and be transformed all the time and produce food. He actually consistently withdrew to lonely places and prayed. And at his most lonely or crushing moment, which was the Garden of Gethsemane, he took three of his apostles with him and said, stay here and watch or pray. My soul is crushed even unto death. So the unity together 
And the other thing is the hour of prayer, the appointed hour of prayer, right? And 120 Army allows us to have an appointed hour of prayer where we can come together time zone by time zone across America. And if you have our app, not a shameless plug here, you can do the time zone challenge where every 120 time zone across America, you are joining with other people in that time zone to stop and pray a single prayer and single focus. That's powerful. Now, it's because of the fact that Peter and John went up to pray at the appointed hour, right, at the hour of prayer, that they actually were able to come across this man. Moving to verse 2. And a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple. I'm going to stop right there. And what stood out to me was a certain man lame was carried. They laid daily at the temple gate. Every day, somebody had to carry him, family or friends. Somebody had to carry this man to the gate of the temple and lay him there so he could actually ask for alms. And every day they went and picked him up after the day was done and carried him home. That means before work they laid him there, they went to work, did their things, and after work they came back and picked him back up. Prayer is so essential. It is the number one ultimate power placed in our hands that is the most least, I would say, understood and exercised. And, and just think, I've said this before, whatever your favorite breakfast is for, for, you know, food for breakfast, I mean, like donuts or like pancakes or whatever it is, right? If you ate that every day, how long do you think it would be before eventually you're like, I don't even want to look at it, right? This is the danger with prayer, that sometimes we get so used to it that we kind of become somewhat numb or jaded to it because we're always talking about it. And, oh, yeah, I pray all the time. And I hear that from people a lot of times. Oh, I pray all the time. I never come against them or down them. However, there's a big difference from talking at God, thinking about God, thinking about your problems and wanting somebody to solve it, as opposed to actually praying and having an appointed time of prayer. Okay. So, the second, the second point was, is one, there was an appointed hour of prayer where, where Peter didn't go alone. He went with someone else. And there was an appointed time for this. Two, there was, a, there was a man who was brought every day to the temple gates to beg for alms. He wouldn't have been able to beg for the alms or depend on the mercies of the people if he was not put there every day by somebody else. He did not drag himself there. He was taken there every day. That is an amazing thing when you begin to think about it. Uh, real quick, want to say hi to Randy and Amy, Trina. Thank you guys so much for coming on here. And all those of you who are watching, I really do appreciate it. And so I'm going to move on to verse three, where he says, he seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple asked for alms. That was interesting to me because I was like, what does alms really mean? I mean, is it just to like give money to somebody like here, take a dollar, right? Which we're used to, especially in the central Valley where there's a lot of panhandling that goes on when, People actually are in need. They're asking for a dollar and we get used to driving by and giving them a dollar, give a dollar, give them a dollar. Right. But here I looked up the word alms and uh, I can't even come close to pronouncing what the Greek word is, but I can tell you what the definition of that was. It's pity, something given freely or sorrow for one's suffering. Is that interesting? He was looking for pity and something to be given freely. Right. We, we work hard for money. We work hard for a living and everybody, hey, by the sweat of your brow, you earn what you have. But maybe what people are asking sometimes is not always just a dollar bill and not just, oh, I pity you, like no, real sorrow for their suffering and, and not just like, oh, man, I feel sorry for you. 
but sorrow to the degree that we feel moved to act and do something about it. Many people say, oh, I'll pray for you. And they walk about 10 steps. They get halfway through the day and they totally forget to pray for you. It is better that if somebody says, pray for me, you pray right there on the spot. And then you set an alarm on the 120 app. You can have personal prayers or you set an alarm on a certain hour of the day. And that hour is meant for praying for that person. This is a practice that some of us within 120 Army um, and the, on our board or others that we've invited to participate. Actually, they set specific alarms throughout the day, not just at 120. Yes, they join us at the appointed time of prayer, 120 p.m., but they also set other alarms specific to the needs of the person they're praying for. So they don't just, oh yeah, I'll pray for you. God bless you. Like, bless me with what? Like, how do I know you're going to be praying for me? Right? So he was asking for pity, something given freely. And what's more free than prayer to give, to be honest with you. But it says that uh, and fixing his eyes on him, which I, I found interesting. It said that Peter basically stared at, looked at intently with attention. He gave a whole focus to that individual who was asking for those alms, for that pity, for that freely given gift. And Peter said, look at us. So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something. <clears throat> then after that, Peter goes on and says, you know, I have no gold or silver, but what I do have, I give you. And, I, and he gave it freely. That was the alms, something given freely to this man. God gives us healing in our hearts, in our minds, and sometimes in our body in miraculous ways. Do we so freely give that back? Or are we very quick to be like, jerk got himself in his own problem. It was not my fault he's homeless. It was probably drugs or something, right? So many times we're quick to be idiot. When scriptures even tells us we're not supposed to be doing that. Do we freely give love, compassion, pity, not just uh, pity, but real pity to the point that we have sorrow with an intention to move somehow. And, and in turn, we give to others what God has given to us. Or do we show up in church and we give our tithing and, and I gave enough. I'm, I'm supporting the, the local food chain or whatever it is, homeless thing that my church is involved in. Do we really, truly, are we motivated to give what we've been given? And what we've been given ultimately is not just healing, not a dollar bill from God, but we've been given love, a life of value for each of us or every day. And it's unique to the individual. We have something in 120 Army that we call um, individualized service as a three-part aspect of what 120, how we as 120ers on the board and the foundings uh, individuals, the, I would say some of the old school people, because I know you're out there. What we've done, what we do is we actually have one aspect that we say is, is individualized service. It's not running around giving dollar bills or anything, but, you know, I've come up to people where I, I asked a homeless guy, hey, what do you need, man? What can I do for you? He's like, honestly? And I'm like, yeah, honestly, I'm asking you, what can I do for you? And he's like, I just want a beer. I'm like, all right, bro, I'll get you a beer. I ain't going to get you drunk, but I'll get you a beer. And I'm going to sit down here and I'm going to talk with you while you drink that beer. Do you mind? No. It's individualized for the individual that and their needs. And that was something that Jesus did and we try to replicate in our own lives. And Peter was giving to someone something that he saw was much deeper and bigger than just let me heal your legs. And <clears throat> I wanted to point that out because one, there's an appointed hour of prayer. And this is the fundamental 
uh, building block, staple of what 120 Army is about. For those of you who may not know or are questioning or even try to share it, you know what? What's 120 Army? I don't know. Read Acts chapter three, man. It's an appointed hour of prayer because there's no temple to go to. There's people who need to be carried daily to the courts of heaven, the gates of heaven, the gates of the temple of God's heaven, or, or however you want to say it, because there's no building to go to. There's no place to go to. So we are in charge of carrying these people there. And how are you personally challenging yourself to actually carry someone to the gates of heaven and the courts of heaven every day? You set that alarm. I can testify, and I seriously hope I don't embarrass you, bro. But on the back side of this screen, I tell many people is, is my brother, Jose. And that dude has alarms set from right before morning till the, the sun goes down at nine something at night. Every hour, the guy stops when the alarm goes off and he lifts up his brothers. He lifts up somebody he said he would pray for. So anyone who knows my brother, Jose Garza, if he says he's going to pray for you, let me tell you, I am a witness to the fact that this guy actually is praying for you. He's stopping, he's setting alarms, and he's praying for you, the individuals he said he would pray for. And that's the mark of someone who is walking out scripture, not going to church, not doing church, but being church, being a son of God. What he made him to be, kings, priests, priestesses, and queens. Right. So it is our responsibility, if we really want healing for people, to daily take them there. I'm betting that the people who took this lame man to the temple gates every day did not expect that one day Peter or John, or Peter and John, sorry, would walk up and Peter would simply say, boom, what I have I give you in the name of Jesus of Nazareth, be healed. I, I guarantee they didn't sh show up that day be like, okay, we're gonna wait till January 25th and we're gonna carry your lame butt over here and we're gonna drop you off at the, at the temple gates, not to be crude or rude. They didn't think that way because that's a very crude and rude way of thinking. They every day got up and carried that man to the gates and every day carried him home in hopes that one day he would get what he needs. And for us as a family, for those who've been around, hey, I've been the lame man to a degree. And many of you out there have carried our family to the gates and, and prayers for our son. And we have also likewise carried our son daily to those gates. And and I'm someone who likes to follow the the uh, the... Um, the behaviors of people who truly understand their scriptures, like my brother, Jose, setting alarms consistently and constantly, Lord, I'm not going to stop ringing the bell. I'm not going to stop knocking on the door every day, every hour. I'm going to bring this individual to the gates of heaven and lay him here until you choose to heal him. And I'm going to trust that sooner or later, the Peter John experience is going to happen where the Lord's going to see this person begging for alms. He's going to answer like he did with the parable of the of the, the widow every day in the courts, every day until the judge is like, oh, my gosh. OK, what do you want? Like the midnight traveler in the parable, the person knocking on the door. It's late, man. I'm, I'm tired. I'm, I've been answering prayers all day long. No, 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 no. I need this one. I need this one. And because of the shameless audacity of the individual knocking on the door, the master of the house got up and gave him all he needed. So every day. In prayer, we carry our son to the gates. When the Lord's going to choose to heal him, I don't know. But my job is to stay consistent and show up at the appointed hour and every day bring this person to the gate. So if, if one person in the 120 army, and I challenge all of you 
to be true to this. If somebody in the 120 army tells you, I will pray for you, I hope that you're, you're setting an alarm right then and there sometime during your day and saying every hour, this hour, I'll be praying for you. A gentleman contacted me through Instagram um, after we, I had made the post about just talking about my son and calling on the community, our community of, of prayer believers to, hey, we need to be carried as a family to the gates and we need you guys. We can't do it ourselves and I'm not going to pretend that I'm someone who can. Somebody reached out and contacted me about their son who's suffering. So I set an alarm, snapped the picture and sent it back to him and said, every day at 520, you can guarantee that I am praying for your son like I'm praying for my own son. Because that boy is not just his boy, he's our boy. He's the kingdom's son. And anyone out there who has children, those children aren't just yours. They are the kingdom's children, should you put them before the kingdom, the community, right? What's the old saying? It takes a village to raise a kid. <laughs> so these are our jobs. And, and while we go about looking for people to pray for or, you know, hey, my prayer life's become a little stale. feel like my, my prayers may be bouncing off the ceiling. I don't know. You know what? Maybe that's the time. Um, I have it written up here. I'm not sure who said it, but he, but he says, if I have attained to greater power in prayer, it is directly related to my persistent practice of asking others what I might pray for them. Thus, I get opportunities to practice. Wow. Not only are you praying for someone else and, hey, I'm blessing them or being blessed and doing what God asked to love others, but you are actually growing and empowering your prayer life when sometimes we forget about our own needs and we look for opportunities like Peter and John. Oh, this man is begging of alms and we give them our attention. What can I, let me talk to you. Let me find out what I can really pray for you. Just like, oh, I'll pray for you. I'll pray for you. No. Are we really praying with that individualized service and mentality and heart? This person needs my prayer. This young man who I hope nobody knows or, or anything. I'm not giving too many names, but a young man by name, his name is Parker. And I pray for him like I pray for my own son. This is a kingdom child now. He doesn't just belong to those parents in my heart. He's ours. And we're going to carry this individual together because I can guarantee whoever carried this lame man in Acts chapter three was not doing it by themselves. They were doing it with others. Right. So um, uh, pray for my son who is going to Oregon to play football for the first time in his life. He's going into the crazy college world. Thank you. Hey, focused and ready. You got it. You got it. As a matter of fact, uh, sorry, guys. <clears throat> so there you go. I got a note on my whiteboard. When I get done here, I'm going to set an alarm. This is the meaning of true church. That's what the danger is in going out into big mega churches and wanting to be part of the big scene. We lose touch, that intimate touch where Peter says, it says he fixed his eyes on him. And Peter said, look at us. So the man gave him his attention, expecting to receive something. And then boom, they had this moment of connection. Money, gold and silver, I don't have. I can't give you that. But I can give you what I do have, which is the, the unlimited grace and love of God. And that's what heals. Right? I hope you guys are understanding what I'm saying. And, and I want to show you guys something that really uh, I have a picture that I keep next to my desk. Uh, every day I look at this. And what I want to show you is this is the look of a man who had no one to carry him to the gates. This is the look of a man that I met down in the tower district. Uh, for those of you on Instagram, right? this is the look of a man who I met in the tower district, sat down 
and, and bought him a breakfast and a coffee and talked with him for a little bit. And you know what I found out? This is the look of a man whose dad called him a bum while he was living at home as a kid growing up. You're a bum. And you know what he ended up being? A bum. He had no one to carry him to the gates. It's a very important and pivotal that we as parents recognize the difference that it makes. This is the look of a young man whose parents carry him to the gate. Right? It's vital. Right now, he doesn't look that way. He kind of appears somewhat like this. But I can guarantee that after carrying this young man to the gates, our son, a kingdom son, our future, right? He's going to look like this again. He will be restored just like the lame man was restored. How long it took? I don't know. It doesn't really say how long it took, but just that it was he'd been there for a while. So long that people got to know his face and knew who he was. But just like our son, I'm going to continue to carry him to the gates. And for those of you who have been praying with us, I want to say thank you. And I pray that God returns to you the encouragement and blessing you've been to us by being near to you and answering your prayers, hearing your prayers and blessing you in your homes and lives. How long it's going to take for him to get back to where that picture is, I don't know. But you can sure as hell bet that every day, every hour, I will be taking him to the gates. And I have a, a brotherhood, a community. A, a whole army of people who are helping us carry our son to the gate every day. This is shouldering each other's load. This is mourning with those who mourn, rejoicing with those who rejoice. And this is the essence of the church. It's amazing to me that in the Bible, uh, the, the last section of, of Acts chapter two, right before uh, Acts chapter three, it says a vital church grows. And then the next thing you read about at the beginning of chapter three is a lame man is healed. A vital church grows. And how does it grow? We show up for the appointed hour of prayer. We keep ourselves reliable to God and to each other. God lives outside of time. He's eternal. So it's up to us to declare the sovereignty of God over every hour of our day, over the hours and the walk of these people, over the lives of my son and people like this man who I met. I'm, I'm almost guaranteeing you he didn't have a mother or father who were taking him to the gates every day. He didn't have a community behind him like you guys who were carrying him to the gates every day. This is what true church is supposed to be. This is what I'm hoping as 120 Army, uh, you know, I guess you'd say board or founders or participants, this should be the mentality that we're carrying. And I want to thank those who have actually been walking alongside of us in our family's weathered storm right now. For those of you who've contributed to, to dinners to bring them over and contributed funding, I, I was shocked that to my, my dear sister-in-law, I, I publicly thank her and praise her. She started an online thing and within like two or three days, boom, there's almost a thousand dollars of people donating for food and other things. My heart is touched. It gets easy for us to think and sometimes lose hope that, you know what, man, I'm so sick of the institutionalized church. I'm so sick of seeing half, sorry, half donkey Christians, we'll say, so I don't offend anybody who might have a light constitution. I'm sick of it. Lord, where are the people who are going to do your name justice? And sometimes it takes a little suffering. It takes us being the lame man by the gates in our family. For me, Lord, there's nothing I can do. I have no power. I have nothing I can do except just show up. And, and at that, I can't carry this boy all by myself. No one person can carry the lame man to the gates. No one friend dropped the, the lame man or paralyzed man through the, the roof of a house where Jesus was talking. But it was when Jesus saw 
the faith of the friends who lowered that paralyzed man into the house that he healed him. Not because, oh, I pity you and sorry for you. I'm going to do a miracle right now. No, he was moved by the faith of the people who brought him there, their hearts. And as 120 Army, we are carrying each other to those gates. I don't care if you look like you got everything together. I can guarantee you don't. Why? Because God hasn't taken you to heaven like he did Moses or Enoch or others who walked no more on earth. So we're all here with our own brokenness. Find those who can carry you to the gates. Be someone who carries others to the gates. Commit to an appointed time of prayer every day, just like Peter and John did when they went to the temple. And you may, you may never know when the day comes that you will be the miracle worker who shares the great love and grace of Christ. Right? And love, L-O-V-E, life of value for each of us or every day. Grace, get right and centered emotionally. Right? It's not just cliche words. The church has become a cliche to the world. And now's the time that I would urge many of you to recognize what God is doing. Read the book of Acts if you're not reading anything. If you're one of those read straight through the Bible every year, I would urge you to slow down and devour the book of Acts because it is an amazing thing. Remember, it starts off at the very beginning that when Peter was at the day of Pentecost stood up with 120 believers. That was not even the case of, of 120 Army when we formulated it in the beginning. We found that later because we weren't thinking like, oh, we're going to make something super religious and spiritual and ministerial. No, it has morphed into this. Why? Because through prayer, we have put ourselves at the gate. Through prayer, we've learned how to put brothers and sisters at the gate every day. And I tell you, there are people who set alarms for every hour, 24 hours, six days a week. And they give one day of rest to God to get ready for the next week to do the same thing again. So when 120 armiers say that they are praying for you, this is the kind of prayer you're getting. If you want to be really, truly a 120 armier, then have that kind of mentality to set not just one alarm and like, I stopped and prayed. You know, I, I pray every, every night. I get on my knees next to my bed. But that's awesome. You know what's sad is the prayer life of most pastors is about seven minutes. Wow. Is that not amazing and sad? Ultimately, we should be the ones carrying the load and we should be sharing one each other's burdens. We should not have people walking around like this in the world. The look of a man whose parents who had no community to carry him to the gates every day. It's sad that we can't solve everybody's problems with silver and gold, but I can guarantee you a boy like a, a young man like that can turn out looking like a boy like this. Does that look like a boy who, who doesn't believe his parents will carry him to the gate? Problem is I can't do it by myself. And that's where I personally am moved by the hearts of many of you out there. I love, I love the 120 army. And my wife and people who know me will tell you, I don't say I love tacos. I don't say I love this movie, that movie. And I'm a big Matrix fan. I love, you know, I mean, I could say I love the Matrix. Oh, I love martial arts because I've been doing it for almost 30 years. No, I like those things. I love my God. I love my wife, my kids and my family. And my family includes the 120 Army. Because without any of you, we would not be able to do this. Without the support of many of you, we would be struggling much more as a family. And I hope, I hope to God that, 
for those of you who saw me pouring my heart out when I started talking about how it was my son was suffering, we didn't know. That wasn't just to get sympathy online. That was a cry to the, to the body of believers. And you all responded. And I want to say thank you. And this chapter, chapter three, has really invigorated me to be someone who looks for opportunities to pray for you guys out there. And that's why we say, hey, if you got a prayer request, direct message us, post it, use our app, put it on the board. You can do it anonymously. We're not here to make light of and, and uh, sport of just praying for people and having a ministry. No, this is the movement. This is the movement among God's people that he's asking, not showing up in buildings, not being comfortable and air conditioned and sitting on pews and having somebody else sing songs for you. Which brings me to a point. There was a hymn that I came across because um, I, I like poetry is caught up in hymns. So I, I'm, I'm very non-prejudiced about where I find encouragement and like, okay, that's a good hymn from that group. And wow, trip out. Those, you know, those Protestant people, they got some good hymns or, hey, you know what? That, that church has some good hymns. I found one and I'd like to read it to you guys uh, in closing here. It's called How Firm a Foundation. It says, when through the deep waters, I call thee to go, the rivers of sorrow shall not thee overflow. For I will be with thee, thy troubles to bless, and sanctify to thee thy deepest distress. When through fiery trials thy pathway shall lie, my grace all sufficient shall be thy supply. The flame shall not hurt thee, I only design, thy dross to consume and thy gold to refine. The soul that on Jesus hath leaned for repose, I will not, I cannot desert to his foes. That soul, though all hell should endeavor to shake, I'll never, no, never. No, never forsake. What powerful words. Powerful words. And I hope that was encouraging to someone out there. I just want to I just want to say for those of you, again, who may not have a specific reading plan or maybe you you like to you know, read the through the Bible every year. I would urge you all, as I've urged in 2020 to read Jeremiah. And it was the book for 2020. If you didn't read it, go back and read it. And I can guarantee you're going to see where it connects. But the book of Acts is the book for 2021. I pressed on the Lord and asked him and said, hey, I'm not leaving the spot right now. I've, I've been here almost a week asking for you to give me a book to read, and I want a book to read. I want to know what to read that is going to be impactful for my life. Draw me to you and teach me about how you work. Boom, the book of Acts was like literally just on my mind. There you go. And I've been reading it, and you know what? In my heart, I hope that 2021 is a year where we begin to see the church of Acts again. We begin to see a vital church grow, as the end of chapter two says. And then we begin to see the lame healed, because we learn that an appointed hour of prayer is necessary, not just going to church. Even when they shut down our churches, you ain't going to stop us. We are already the underground church. We are doing it now. And two, we carry our brothers and sisters to the gates every day in prayer. There's no building to take them to. That's okay. The gates of heaven are waiting. The courts of heaven are waiting. God is waiting. And who knows if one of these times by doing such, you might be the one who one day shows up across the right person and says, hey, I don't know why this is going to sound crazy. Not because I want to and I'm going to declare, but because God has put it on my heart. Look at me as I look into you. Gold and silver I do not have. Buildings and, and ministries and departments 120 Army does not have. But what we have, we give freely. And that is prayers from our heart. A lack of sleep from getting up hour by hour, even throughout the night. 
a disruption to our, our everyday routine by having an alarm that goes off at an hour appointed specifically for that person. Imagine how it would feel to you if you knew someone was said, I'll pray for you. And you knew that there was a specific hour every day that they were praying just for you. No matter what was going on, they stopped, they prayed, they invited others to pray, or they woke up in the middle of the night praying just for you. That's what makes children who look like the picture I showed you of this, of our son. And I trust that God will bring him back to that point when the appointed time of his suffering is done. Until then, it's our job. Let us be people who are people who show up at the appointed hour of prayer and we have an appointed hour of prayer smack dab in the middle of our day to declare the sovereignty of God over that hour, that day, the person we're praying for, the 120 army, our brothers and sisters. So with that, I'm gonna go ahead and stop. Thank you guys very much for taking the time to listen, watch, share these things. But please challenge my words, challenge what I'm saying. Go read it for yourself and see if you don't find what it is I'm seeing. All right. Cody, good to see you. Daniel Ripple, Marty. Sorry, you guys, I got to go through a little bit of, uh, you know, <laughs> so, uh, some of the names here. <clears throat> uh, Trina, Randy, Craig, uh, Focus and Ready. I know that's you, Reggie. Um, Instagram, BR33, your delivery and message is so right on tonight. Great job. Thank you so very much. You guys, uh, I really do appreciate the encouragement, and I pray the Lord returns to you the encouragement you give. Let us be people of a sound mind and sound heart, because we have appointed hours of prayer. We're not looking for a temple. We are the temple. And God is setting things at your gate. Are you recognizing them? And when it's not your place to heal, and you're not the gate, are you taking that person to the gate in prayer? Are you inviting others to do it with you and not alone? This is the very essence of the of the, the book of Acts church. And in the book of Acts was when the church was actually optimally functioning. They were who they were supposed to be. So that's why I say, read the book of Acts. See if you don't see what I'm seeing and the possibility that lies before us in 2021. So with that, I'll stop. I love you guys. Thank you very much for taking the time again. And uh, we'll see you back here next week for another Sunday sit down. I do have some ideas for uh, midweek mindsets. We're going to try to share with you guys. Um, just things are busy right now. So please be with us or bear with us. And my brother, man, Jose actually said he wanted some time to share something with you guys. So what you got, my man? A um, couple of things. Uh, I love you, bro. Thanks, my man. Great message. Um I, I don't know if you guys have been watching. What's up, Daniel? Uh, on, on our post on Facebook, we've been posting on that. Um, we're coming on at 120 on this app called Clubhouse. A um, couple things. Clubhouse is only for iPhone users, and you have to be invited in. So more than likely, you're going to have somebody on there that can invite you in. But if you want to join us in, in, um, in prayer, and this is live, uh, just audio. There's no, there's no video. Just audio, and uh, you can pray with us at 120. Uh, that's one. The second thing, uh, if this message that you just listened to really uh, just rocked you and stuff, like it and share it. Share it on your wall, man. But be bold. Be bold. You know, don't be ashamed. If you really like it, share it. I share it on multiple different platforms. You know. And uh, so share it. And the last but not least, our 120 Army app.
we are hopefully, I know I keep saying this, maybe this week. Um, man, I tell you what, Apple and Google are really, really uh, making things rough for us. And um, it's just, we're, we're still grinding. But if the app is not working, just bear with us. Set your alarm. It's it's simple. That's I mean we're going back old school, right, Aaron? And that's how that's how you and I survive most of the time, man. Just alarms going off. <laughs> I mean we we go old school. Set your alarms. I know when the app goes live, both on Apple and Google. Right now, Apple it's 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 live a little bit. Google is just it's not even out there yet. Right now, it's it's just it just shut down. But when it goes when they're both up and running, we will come out live and you know kind of promote it and everything then that like aaron says you can post prayers on there you can post prayers on there anonymous in case there's something that you're you know don't want to want people to know uh what you need prayer for you can do it anonymous and people will be praying for you so um yeah that was pretty much it what i wanted to, to um to uh share with everybody prayer requests anybody like we said before you need prayer requests DM us, inbox us on Facebook, DM us on, on Instagram. Um, you know, like Aaron says, he, he reach out to you, you know, and we, we, if it's not Aaron, it's myself. So we'll, we'll be out there. So, um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah. And please, and Marty, just to answer your question, DM, DM our page for prayer requests, and we will be praying for anyone who actually sends them a DM to us. Yeah, that. Cool. So there you go. I know. Thanks, You're brother. Good, Appreciate man. all your help. You betcha. Thank you, everybody, I'll for watching. Well. Hope you have a good night, and uh, we will talk to you next week. All right, guys. We'll talk to you later. Bye-bye.